I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, clink. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, that's literally my line. Who says clink out loud? Cheers, girls. One, two, three, clink, or one, two, clink. One, two, three, cheers. Welcome to Crying in Public. Good afternoon and evening, listeners. We need to get a greeting. I feel like I don't know hello. how to greet people anymore. Can you harmonize me? Ready, set, go. Hello. Hello. No, you go. Oh. No, you stay. You stay normal. So okay. hello. Hello. No. Hello. 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 No, you're, you're supposed long, to keep you're going. Too long. No, go. Ready. Hello. No. No. You're no, I'm not waiting too long. You're off. <laughs> <laughs> hello hello meet me hello hello <laughs> it's like hello 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 i was waiting for that but then you didn't know what's the next hello 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 no I'm, you didn't know. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pitch match you first You're waiting too long, i was like is she gonna go damn our audio just went <laughs> okay. I'm gonna turn my audio on. So today I sat on a train for three motherfucking hours to go to the Hamptons for work uh, because this restaurant that I work for has a pop up in East Hampton at some like really fancy clubhouse, which I completely felt like I didn't belong in. And they are selling Sundays, like crazy Sundays and crazy cones and crazy shakes and everything crazy. And instead of eating breakfast today or lunch, I had. Two donuts, 
a Mexican cookie, whatever the fuck that is. A Snickerdoodle? Yeah. It's is literally that, a Snickerdoodle. Is that Mexican? But it tastes Snick- like a Snickerdoodle. I thought Snickerdoodles were like German. Or maybe like a ginger snap. Snickerdoodle. And I had two churros for that was my. Did you not throw up? I would have thrown no. up if I had that much sugar. I can't do sugar. I usually can, but I was so hungry that I just like ate what was in front of me, and it was a very bad decision because I had stomach problems last night. So like, why am Did you have I? Jack the shit. Yeah, I shot like eighty times in the middle of the night last the night. Surprised I didn't hear you. I went to bed at like nine though. Really? I don't know what was wrong with me. I didn't go to bed until like two a.m. and I had to get up at five thirty to get on the freaking seven yeah, a.m. train. When to- did you leave? I didn't hear. I was I was up in the shower at six thirty and I didn't hear you leave. I left at seven. Uh huh. Did you yeah. hear me in the shower? No, you weren't in the bathroom when I left. Oh, y'all watching suits? Weird. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so suspicious. Wait, what, what's that voice? He goes like, shush, shush, shush. A stitch? Yes. Oh, my way. Uh, Ohana means family, and family means no one is left behind. You're welcome, everybody. Stitch I know you're so cute. Little blue dog. That's the only mm-hmm. dog I'd want. It's a stitch. Lilo cracks me up, though. Wasn't she like six? She's like, I am depressed. Elvis Presley. Girl, you are literally six years old. She was like, just leave me here to die on the floor. What's the sister's name? Lolly? Lo- Lonnie? Lilo? No, that Lilo's the girl. Lilo's the girl. <laughs> it's Lilo. I think it's Lonnie. Nolly? Nani? Damn it. She was thick as hell. She was thick. She was so pretty. I thought she looked like my mom for the longest time, but she doesn't. Who do you think is like the prettiest Disney princess? Because I have my answer right away. Jasmine. But I feel kind of weird saying that because they're all like 12. You know? <laughs> I think one of the prettiest princesses is Megara Meg from Hercules. I was going to say that bitch from Breathe. I was like, the one no. talks like, okay, I'm sorry, but Scottish accents, so I can't, I can't do. Like, my brain understands them, but like, Peaky Blinders, and I'm pretty sure that's not even Scottish, that's Irish. I put the subtitles on, so I was like, what language are they speaking? Bro, I looked up Lilo and Stitch. First thing that came up was, Lilo have autism? Autism. Autism? People think that both Lilo and Stitch are autistic, which is why people like them so much. Oh. Yeah, her name is Nani. Oh, Nani? Oh, dude, I literally said that. No, you said... You said Lonnie. I said Lonnie. <laughs> yeah. And then you said Nolly. <laughs> I was like, bitch, what? We're so dumb. We are dumb. Today. Dumb in public. Cindy just took her writing portion of the LSAT today. How did it go? I never studied for it. Today I did one in the morning. Then I was like, I'm a raw dog this shit. And then I did it. Who said the word raw dog? I've been saying raw dog so much this week. Really? Like, I just filmed a TikTok about my Shein thing, and I was talking about how, like, my biggest fault in life, there's a lot of them. One of them is that I never check sizes before I buy stuff. I just raw dog it and just get the first thing I see on the rack. <laughs> I have to steal that. So, my boss at my work, her whole family is South African, and, like, she is... Oh, uh, I her whole family raw dogs. I was like, what? No, yeah. Her whole family. I don't even know what that means, like, literally. Don't use a condom. Oh. Raw dog that shit. Oh. So my boss, her whole family is South African. Speaking of like weird things to say and like little like things, like little niches. I don't even know what to call it. Like it differs from like quirks. area to area. Yeah, quirks. Sure. Uh, like just like weird little quirky things that like each person or like each family says. And apparently the thing that like her mom and her dad and like her entire family say as a reaction to anything is the word like shame. Like it could be good or bad. So like she was saying she stubs her toe. Oh, shame. She gets in a car accident. Oh, shame. She literally gets an A-plus on a test. Oh, shame. I'm starting that to men. Every look at me, I'm like, mm, shame. I'm going to start saying that. I'm going to hit him more Shame, hurts. that's such a funny word. I feel like that should have been in very long ago. Like, oh, shame. It's like, it's that, funny. you know what name makes my head hurt? What name? Seamus. Because it's spelled like C-mass. 
See, okay, there's that whole TikTok where it's like pronouncing Irish names. Bruh, if I was Irish, I just wouldn't say anyone's name. I'd be like, hey, bestie. Because, like, Shorshi, Sarasha. That's so funny. Like, my roommate two summers ago at NYU had an Irish name. I mean, I saw her all of twice. We were always both home, we just never spoke. And she told me her name. It's an Irish name. It's like Siobhan something. I think it's pronounced Siobhan, but I didn't know. I didn't know how to spell it, so I just never said her name. <laughs> Good. Good. I know it's 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 not that. Her name's not Siobhan. It's Sinead? Sinead? Sinead. But it's spelled S-I-N-E-A-D. Like Sinead O'Connor. Interessante. So, right, Sarah and I cannot do a Spanish accent. We've been trying. No, we've it's, really been we trying. We can only do Italian. Yeah. It's Italian for everything. But here's the thing, though. When Sandy and I speak Spanish, we have an amazing Spanish accent. Like, when we're actually speaking the language, I think. I mean, New Guy doesn't think so, and he's Spanish, but I think so. New Guy laughs every time I speak anything in Spanish. He goes, don't try. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but when we try to speak, like, English with a, with a Spanish accent, it always turns into either Italian or Russian for no reason. Like, why can't we do it? People, like... I think American accents are neutral. I think it's only because I'm from America that I think that. Is that like an yeah. American centrist view? We should probably try talking about the topic. Like, you know. Wait, but I have one more life update for our listeners, and it's that we are going this weekend to the Hamptons for like a little weekend vacation. And we would do, we were thinking, Cindy and I were like throwing around the idea of doing like an episode, like a special episode in the Hamptons. But we're going to be there for a sponsorship, so we might, we're probably not going to do it because we have like a really packed itinerary. But we're really excited because we're going with Arizona tea, which is like insane. But we should do a vlog of Montauk to put on the YouTube. We should. And the TikTok. And TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. We need to get back and on real. TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that you're done with the LSATs, officially, at least maybe until, yeah, maybe until literally again, next week, <laughs> um, then we can, you know, we can really like get with marketing, which I think is going to be exciting, especially on TikTok. So I'm, I might find out my score and we're in. Uh, Montauk. <laughs> that's gonna be so depressing if you don't get a good score. Yeah, that's like when I found out my college, I got denied from my favorite college getting on the plane to a place with no Wi-Fi. So that was super fun, super cute, super fresh. <laughs> All right, let's actually get into today's topic. I want a Shirley Temple. I want like a Mai Tai. I want a serious Mai Tai right now. I've been craving a Mai Tai for three days what straight. What is a Mai Tai? Oh, it's like a strong drink. It's like fruit. It's very it's like a strong. Drink. No, it's very like tropical. Think like pina colada. Hold on, let me actually look at what's like in a mai tai. I like pina coladas. Rums in a mai tai. Pina. Yeah, you said pina colada. Pina. What is it? Pina colada. Oh, if you like pina colada. Oh no, pina. Wait, no, in the song because it's if you like pina coladas. They're they, why are you using it in Spanish accent? The people that sing that song are not Spanish. Oh, they're like, do you like pina coladas? <laughs> I've been singing that song wrong. It's not pina colada? Pina colada. It's spelled pina colada, but we're Americans. People say pina colada. Oh, interesting. Okay, uh, hot take. The best vacation drink is a virgin strawberry daiquiri. I I only like the virgin. Pina coladas are nasty. I love pina coladas so much. Coconut. I don't don't like Malibu either. You don't like coconut then? No, I love coconut. Oh. I don't like it shaved though, or like the actual coconut. If it's coconut flavored something, mm. then I'm like, Ew. like coconut water can literally go. Bleh. You know what? I really want to do before we go to Montauk this weekend. I really want to go to the Party City store and get coconut cups. I mean, do it. We'll do it Saturday. Okay, I'm so down. Why did my mom sign this gift? The notorious mom. Okay. <laughs> it's a constitution. I don't know why she bought this. I want to go law school. She bought me a constitution and wrote me like a note, and it was like. I knew you would do it. You got it from me. Like, okay. Do you remember that week-long period when I wanted to be a lawyer? 
the first thing my dad did when I told him I wanted to be Elle Woods is he got me a copy of the Constitution. Yeah, it's still like, in my room. Y'all think I'm gonna read this shit? Literally, like, I'm not reading it. <laughs> and now, it was a waste of money. So, listen, here's what's in a Mai Tai. Uh, it's a cocktail based on rum, Curacao liquor, or orange syrup, and lime juice. It is one of the quintessential cocktails in tiki culture, apparently. Oh. Yes. Tiki tiki boom boom. We should do like a drink thing on our TikTok or like our Instagram, like make our favorite drinks. Well, we have this amazing bottle of vodka. It's called Balls Vodka. And it's our favorite vodka brand. And we're really excited to like make drinks with it on our TikTok. Uh, so we are going to do that. We should like alive one day. We should. Or do we go live on TikTok or Instagram? Let us know, guys. I feel like no one's going to watch, but be there if you wanted to. Yeah, if you're listening to this, let us know. DM the Instagram because we usually like respond to those, we meaning Sydney, um, about like what do you think we should do lives on? Like, what, do, what are you more active on? The crying on public Instagram or the crying on public TikTok? And if you are not following the crying on public TikTok, go do it right now. It's just at crying on public podcast. Today, we're talking about meeting the Fockers. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I love that movie. And there was a kid, I was like, that's literally a curse word. Stop it right now. Yeah. And it's not. We're talking about meeting the family. Meeting the family. The Did family. you just imitate me? Because yeah. I say family. It's not like an Italian mobster. We were, getting, we were doing our advice episode, dating episode, and we came across a bunch of questions about meeting the family. Like, so many to the point where we were like, we're going to make a whole episode about it. Oh, well, that's a straight line. No one asked that. Um... But yeah, because it's funny because Sarah and I have both dated like half of America. You're welcome. And <laughs> sorry, babe. Hello, <laughs> Pony Boys. Pony Boys part of that half. Um, <laughs> and weirdly enough, I feel like I've only I've never officially met the family because mm-hmm. like I've always been in long term relationships. I've never just been like floating around. Well, the first eighteen years of my life, mm-hmm. I was floating around. But since that point, oh damn, that was not that long ago. <laughs> I've been in serious relationships. Like my first boyfriend. Um, the one we do not speak of, mm-hmm. the bad one. He must not be named Lord Voldemort with a slightly better nose. Yeah, Mr. Cheetah Dick. Um, he, like his, his dad was my college counselor at school. And his so mom was a class mom. So it wasn't like I ever met the family. I knew his family better than I knew him. And the worst part was, is that like college acceptance and like that stuff? It's supposed to be confidential, but there's no way they didn't talk about it like over dinner. And, like, I don't want this man knowing my business. Like, you know? So, uh, like, I feel like usually you have, like, your first instance being the family in high school because, like, people go to big high schools so you don't know the family. So I feel like that's how you get used to the the concept. But for me, number one, I'm black in the South. So, like, me and the family was always, like, a get-out situation in my mind. And number two, I just never did it because I already knew the family. So I'm starting my first time doing that now, which is scarier for me because I'm, like, they don't speak the same language as me. At all. Was it worse though? Because I'm actually curious about this. It is like in the South, <clears throat> was it more of like a get out situation? Like I love Obama unprecedented. And then like behind your back, they'd like talk shit or is, was it more like upfront? Like, yeehaw, I'm a trumpet. Like, it was upfront. I remember my first big crush. He was a twin. Um, there's like, we had this huge sleepover and he like FaceTimed us. It was like this huge thing that they're sleeping over with the guys and we were with the girls. So it was like, oh my God. Huh? And it was really <laughs> seventh grade. I remember that I told him that I liked him the day before. Ew, I remember it so vividly. We had like face painters come to school in middle school and I had Batman on my face and he fed me an edible plant that was there as part of the like show, the science show. And I was like, oh my God, romance. I was like, I like you. And I was like, did I say that out loud? But 
he FaceTimed us the next day and like so he funny. made me leave the room and then he told all of my friends, like all 10 of them in the room that he would like me if I wasn't black. And some girls got mad at me because they were like, we like him. And I was like, did you just hear what he just said? And then we're like, since that, I think that was the moment my self-esteem went pew. Didn't you say, I remember you saying in a previous episode though, that like in your own kind of like sheltered bubble world in the South, that like made you happy. Like yeah, kind of no. like flattered you. I was ecstatic. So Cause in my head I was like, bruh, if I was white, I'd have a boyfriend. <laughs> it, that sounds awful. But yeah. like that was the mindset I was forced to have my mm-hmm. entire childhood because number one, I only went to school with white boys and two, I found so attracted to them. But the reason why, because, like, obviously I have a weird self-esteem issue where, like, I am the most cocky self, what's that word? Deprecating human being on this earth. Like, no one hates me more than me, but no one loves me more than me, you know? So it's an interesting balance. But, like, the love me part came later. The hate me part was, like, very prevalent in high school because I was forced to think that something was wrong with me because I looked the way I did, you know? Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Are we getting into a psychological moment right now? We always do. We, We never not. Um, I, my first experience with meeting the parents was with my high school boyfriend. It was senior year and his parents were, he his house was like five minutes away from mine. So whenever I would go over for like dinners and lunches and like everything like that. And oh my God, I spent Easter with this family. And actually, here's the thing. I'm going to preface it with this is that I don't mind Republican people. Really? I don't like just because, no, I don't because I just grew up with a lot of them. So it like, doesn't really matter if you're Republican or not, just because it's what I'm used to. Like it's what I grew up with. And I'm sure that you can relate being in the South. So I'm sure it was even worse for you. But like, I just went to an all girls Catholic private high school and my grade school is very similar, even though it was co-ed. So I never really grew up with any sense of liberal progressive mindsets ever so meeting his family was like fine it wasn't really bad in that sense but I told his grandma I was going to NYU and she didn't talk to me for the rest of the day whatever (laughs) that's that how that's how that kind of went we broke up not too long after that I think we broke up like that summer it was like fine meeting his parents and everything but they were very like shy, you know. So and I'm very like exuberant. Well, so you're good at that, though. So they always thought I was just a little too much. I got the feeling of all the time, like we never really had dinner together. I try to like set something up, and they'd always be like, "Eh." Uh, so that was my first experience with meeting the parents. What how was old, how old were you? I was 18. Like now, I think about it, I never had really like a sit down dinner with them. Like his little sister was in my group in vestry, which is like a church club at my school Mm. why was I in I was a senior leader in that oh but like I mentored a group of little girls and his little sister was in my group so I was like hey and um obviously like I knew his dad his mom was probably the person I connected with the most I loved her she was so sweet like so he never got me birthday gifts anniversary gifts graduation gifts like nothing absolutely nothing but his mom would go get me something and then be like, oh my God, he forgot to give this to you. Totally, like, I forgot to give it to him. Or, like, he ordered it and didn't come in on time. So, like, here you go. But I always knew deep down that she got it for me. Because it'd be, like, a monogrammed blanket. Yeah. Or, like, something with my name on it. Or, like, a tumbler or something like that. So, I appreciated the effort on his on her behalf. Under his name or whatever. Because I knew he didn't do it. He didn't give a shit about me. But, um, like, when I went through, like, a really hard time freshman year of college... She's a person I, like, went to. Really? Or she reached out to me. Aww. Not really purposely, because I told him, and he had a very bad reaction about what had happened to me, mm-hmm. and told his mom. And his mom reached out to me privately and was like, whatever you need, I'm here to help. I told her before I told my family. That must have been nice to have a kind of, like, mentorship 
yeah. I guess, through that Because, like, she kind of reminds me of your mom, in the sense mm-hmm. she's, like, very, like, docile, like, very sweet, loves to listen, like, was never judging, judgy in that sense. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh, she's reminds me of your mom. Really? I don't know how she birthed that demon, but, yeah, she's so sweet. I'm always sketched out when I meet, like, people's parents, and they're so wonderful and amazing, at least I think, and then their sons are complete asshole cunt faces. Like, I, don't, I just don't want to, I'll never understand that. Maybe, like, they were always too, like, they always gave them too much leeway or were always too lenient with them. We talked about this before. It's kind of the same thing, but kind of different mm-hmm. in terms of, like, them being in relationships, is that, so Sarah and I obviously had complete opposite upbringings in terms of parent, parental relationships. Yeah. Like, Sarah's parents were, like, childhood sweethearts. Perfect. So cute. Only child, married, love, 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 love. My family was, <laughs> both parents married twice, divorced when I was three, mm-hmm. four kids, fighting, alimony, child support, therapy, like the whole bit. Yummy. The thing is, despite that, you would think that if you come from a quote-unquote broken home, that you would either A, be broken yourself, or B, trying to overcompensate. And I think that for me, I don't know if it's like a, this happens to a lot of people, but at least to me, I always overcompensated because in my head, I was like, I'm going to do everything that I can to avoid that happening to me because I don't want my kid to grow up in that kind of household. So, like, when I get into relationships, I cling immediately. And it's so hard for me not to. It's like, I want to meet the family. I want to do this. I want to be called boyfriend, girl. I want to post each other, et cetera. Because I want to know that, like, that person feels that way about me. Mm-hmm. And But I met so many people like you or, well, you in the past or, like, um, some of my exes. All of my All of my exes? All, all of, of your ex's, ex's girlfriend. I was all say. of my exes grew up with like perfect households. Fam- like parents were like high school sweethearts, perfect, cute, sweet, white picket fence. Then in relationships, they were like, I don't want to be relationship. Like, I don't like them. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to be. I want to be single. Mm-hmm. I want to fuck around. I want to cheat, etc. So I'm like, what about that? Because you would think that if you had like a good model, you'd want to embody that. But I feel like it drives people to want to do the opposite. Like they don't want to be tied down. They don't want to be like whatever. You know. So I find that so odd. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like my perspective on things, but I've noticed like a pattern with people. I completely agree. I think it's definitely more on the guy side than it is on the girl side. Meaning like no matter what kind of family a girl comes from, usually like in my experience, they have their own set ways because I think women are a little more mature, especially when they reach our age because our biological clocks are metaphorically ticking, you know? And I, I get that feeling from a lot of women that it's just like, um they're forging their own way whether it is like being that you know loving that single life or like wanting a relationship the most common tell me if I'm wrong but on TikTok and like in girls I meet in general in New York City in particular but I'm sure this is like like a common theme in America throughout women ages like 19 to 25 is like I'm single and I like being single um because I'm not going to settle. And if the right guy comes along, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I never meet someone who's like, I want a boyfriend. Or so- someone who won't admit, um, I want a boyfriend. Or like, I want to be single. It's always, they're always somewhere in that middle. Because if they're, think about it. If you really want a boyfriend or if you really want a relationship in any way, you're not going to say that because you don't want to seem crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be single, you don't want to seem like a third wave feminist who's like a man eater. So you're, you're just going to find that happy medium. That's Am I wrong? I think I'm right about that. A hard, um, I said dichotomy. That's not the right word. I love to be like, I never don't know the word. I say dichotomy because no one knows what that means. So I just be saying it. Dichotomy is a great word. Yeah. Cause no one knows what it means. So no. I'd be like the dichotomy and they'd be like, Oh my God, big word. 
Because um, women are always seen from the man's eye, and I feel like women are very, especially in this day and age, very aware about how they're perceived by That's society. The, it's hard to know that dynamic, though, because like yeah. on one hand, society as itself, like as its own entity, is like we aspire to marriage. Women are taught to aspire to marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why we play Barbie, get married as a kid, and have baby as a kid. We have little strollers. Isn't it low-key weird? Like, when we're one or two, we have strollers other babies in it. Like, bitch, you're the same age as me. Why am I yes. rolling you around? I'm not your fucking mother. That's why we made our kindergarten boyfriend, Jeremy, propose to us with a ring pop. Yeah. Oh. I didn't have hoes like that. Oh. I did kiss a boy under the table, though. In my <gasps> ducky pajamas. Okay. Oh, no. So I ran that bitch, like I told you. Yeah. And I would wear my pajamas under my school uniform as a, as a sign of rebellion. My ducky pajamas. Your ducky pajamas? Yeah. He followed me on Instagram recently, and I was like, bitch, I was your first kiss. I changed your life, but whatever. Uh, um, I remember my first kiss. Yeah. I was. Well, really he was my first kiss before I was 18, so I don't know if that really counts. Uh. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday. Each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, yeah, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But in terms of meeting the family, so in terms of, I need to stop saying in terms of, sorry, I started an essay, so everything was in terms of, furthermore, thus, um, thus, thus. my <laughs> most recent thing, Mr. Medium, I don't know if I should say that, but whatever, he's not going to listen to this shit. We had been together for three years, literally since beginning of 2018, and through that entire, that entire time period, I have never met his parents. Like, I didn't meet his sister until Thanksgiving of last year because I arranged it. I literally followed her on Instagram, like, let's have Thanksgiving, like, Friendsgiving together. And I made it happen. And we got along so well. It was great. I could tell I was uncomfortable by it, but I was like, I don't really care. It's been three years. Get get the fuck over it. Yeah, but three years. That's, like, crazy. It wasn't even the point where I was like, I want to meet them, I want to meet them. It just, it was offensive. Like, it hurt. Like, how are you going to be with me for three years to talk about kids and marriage, but... I can't talk when your parents are on the phone if they call you. I can't be in the same room. I can't breathe too loud. I can't sneeze. They can't know that I'm here. They can't know that I'm with you. Like, I can't post pictures with you. They have to block. Like, stuff like that. It's like, am I really that embarrassing, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I think that, like, meeting the family and the friends is, like, such an important marker in a relationship. I feel like, especially from the guy side. Sorry. There's (laughs) There's my voice. There's a bubble in your throat. That's the line where you know someone's serious. Yeah. Like when they allow you to meet people important in their life. Like for me, that's like a big step. So it was crazy to me that he was like, he was so clear about it. He was like, you are not going to meet my family. <clears throat> you are not going to meet my family. Like there's, he said he quote unquote underdiscloses me to people. And like I couldn't, for so long, I still do this now. I was like, was it because I was black? Was it because he was embarrassed of me or because of my age or like whatever? But each time I thought about it, I was like, something has to be wrong with me. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, I am a great person. You do wifey shit. I do when wifey shit. You should shit. actually just be doing I do wifey shit for, at most. For a booty call price, mm-hmm. is what I like to say. Booty call price, you kill me. And it's like, if it's been this long and I still can't meet his family, then like, what the fuck am I? What's the point? You know, right. there's no indication of him being serious. So, like, Gorley's. Boyies, peopleies, yallsies. <laughs> I say this so many times. Mm-hmm. Meeting the family is probably the most important marker in a relationship, at least before you get like engaged and stuff, because it shows that they're 
Is my voice okay? I don't know. It always does that it when you get like really into something that you're saying. Yeah, it'd be, it, it'd be like shut the fuck up. It goes against you. It's because <laughs> it shows that they have like they see you being serious. Or you know why? It holds them accountable because if you don't meet like other people when you meet the family and their friends, especially the family and friends, that means other people can hold them accountable about you because think about it like if you never meet their family or friends then they have permission meaning like the person you're seeing to keep you in their own little world and dispose of you when they please and no one's gonna come around asking questions and making it seem real you know like they can keep this whole forbidden fantasy and like dirty in the sheets kind of mentality about a a single person if the person if nobody else knows that the person exists it's so easy to not be held accountable. And I think that that's a real, like, commitment, again, like, comes in. If you're not exclusive, you're not meeting the friends, you're not meeting the family, that means that that person doesn't want to be held accountable when it comes to you. And that's the most glaring red flag you could ever possibly also, they're see. embarrassed of you. Because that's yeah. what I think all the time. But I think that, like, if you're in that situation and you're debating, like, do they actually like me or not, but they won't let me meet their friends or their family or, like, people important in their life, like, girly, take their actions as their word. Because, ooh, that was kind of good. Yeah. I kind of like that. I Maybe we should name like it that. Take the Action as the Word. That's a very intense episode title. Yeah, Take Their Actions as the Words. I might do it. Do it. Ah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, take that as their indication that they're not serious about you. And, like, yeah. honey, you are, You don't deserve to be anyone's secret. So yeah. drop him, drop the motherfucker, and move on. Or whoever they are. I read on. this one poem, like two years ago and it was about how women look in men's eyes and how like sometimes women sorry how sometimes how men choose women or like select their woman because they see her as a certain solution to a problem in their lives so they see them as an answer they see them as a booty call but they but they place them as a me exactly but they place them in (laughs) As a whole, they place them as like in one specific category, and this whole poem is just about like, I am not the answer, I am not the crutch, I am not the this, that, and the other, and all of them were like common categories that men tend to place women in, and it, the whole thing was about kind of like, choose someone who you actually enjoy, choose someone who you know that is going to be your best friend, don't choose someone just because you're feeling bad or insecure about yourself, and you need someone to make you feel better. That's what I think. Like obviously, I don't know. But, like, it's been, it took me so long, literally three fucking years, to like, yeah. get that through my head without leaving, like, you know. Okay, yes. But you know what? I think we should transfer this conversation into, I think we should start talking, or, no, I have one more thing to say. When I met, because uh, I want to talk about meeting Pony's parents, yeah, and I want to open this up into a new conversation, <laughs> I want to open this up into a new conversation about, like, how much exactly should you quote-unquote change yourself to please the parents and I'm going to use my relationship as a perfect example just because I think my relationship is perfect so I'm going to use it as an example when I met Pony's parents for the first time I remember because I I met them when I was like 16 in passing but like obviously they're meeting me in a new light now because we were friends for like ever so I'm meeting them as like the girlfriend which is crazy like we had just become exclusive it was like middle of December it was right around the holidays so I was like you know, they had just gotten their fucking family Christmas tree. So I feel like, obviously, it's a very nostalgic time. So there's a lot of, like, pressure. I was literally freaking out. Literally had a panic attack. I was, like, crazy. Because uh, I wanted to impress them so bad. Because, obviously, pony means a lot to me. So I was, like, 
I know he's close with his family too. He has two brothers and his parents. He said two. Brothers. Two brothers, not two sisters who I can like bond with. He has two brothers yeah, who I have nothing in common like, with. Twenty four, like twenty four. <laughs> two brothers, <laughs> not one, but two, two. two brothers. And it was crazy. One's older, one's younger, so he's a middle child. Pony is and. In the car on the way to his family dinner, because we were all getting dinner, it was fondue. It was very good. Um, was it a melting pot? No, it was just like they made Wait, fondue. He's a middle child? Yes. You don't exert middle child energy. I know, dude. Everybody who I've met who's also met Pony has told me that he doesn't exert yeah, middle child energy. Yeah, like the oldest brother. Middle, middle child is usually the crackhead, like yeah. my sister. Yeah, like the attention seeker crackhead. Yeah, literally usually. the troublemaker. You seem like a baby or the oldest. Because usually whenever somebody tells me they're a middle child, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, you are a middle child. Ew, I'm middle now, but I don't really claim that. I'm like middle youngest. That's it doesn't much. count. The, no. I'm like the, I'm the baby, but not the baby baby. You know? It isn't. You're not a middle child if there's more than three siblings. You're just yeah. a middle. Ew. Know? I was a baby for 18 years, and that hell had to come mess that little coal. <laughs> that hell? That's so crazy that your brother was born when you were 18. I know. That's He's wild. picking up my mannerisms now. She's saying video today. He's fighting. He was like... And I was like, oh, he did the, mm. he did the, mm. that's so like, funny. Oh, wow. For the, obviously you can't see what we're doing. We're doing like the point and pull back. It's like, the, yeah. the oh, I had a name for that. Turn. I called it the, you know, no, you didn't say anything. Exactly. Cause I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. No, it's the point and pull back. See what I just did? Point and pull back. Are you true? Pony was coaching me how his family was, what to expect, like all this stuff. So he was like, maybe don't curse because I do. I curse a lot. So he was like, maybe don't do that. Me too. Maybe what? don't drink. Maybe like, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like obviously be very PG and like dress a certain way. Like, you know, obviously like not like turtleneck, but just like not a slutty like not outfit. Titty obviously. Bitty. Yeah. Not like, yeah, titty bitty. Nothing like that. Oh my God. Everything I own is titty bitty. What am I going to do? I remember I got new pants for the occasion and I forgot how tight they were and I put them on and we were eating fondue. So obviously I ate a fuck ton. I was literally dying, like bursting through my pants at the end of the night. However, back to the conversation. In the car, Pony was like coaching me on what to do and what to say. And in that kind of like moment, I was thinking, all of this seems very standard, obviously, like basic meet the parents thing that like he's just reminding me about before we enter the house. And I was thinking though, what is the line between like absolutely like changing your personality for a family? Like what, you know, because if you're not yourself the first time and if then you you turn into yourself like three times later when you think you can get comfortable and then they end up not liking you, like, you know what I mean? What's the line? Like how far are you willing to go to please the family for the first time? The thing is, while I always have that thought in the back of my head too, mm-hmm. the first thought in my head there's two thoughts. Okay, whatever. One, are they racist? I have to ask every time because I do tend to date guys of different races mm-hmm. than me. Not because I don't like black guys, just because whatever. Um, and then two, I have the pressure to be to do every single thing that I can to not fall into some stereotype. I know they already believe about black people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't have long nails. I can't have like the ones I have now. I can't have ghetto nails. I can't have my hair natural. I can't have my boobs out or my ass showing. I can't talk yet. I sound articulate, but I can't sound too articulate. But I can't talk about politics or anything that affects black people because then I'm too political. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have to watch every single word that I say, how I dress, how I look, how I sound. And it's fucking stressful. You know, mm-hmm. even though I'm just like with boyfriends, but like meeting my friends' parents too. Like I have to keep it back in the back of my head at all times, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like teachers or whatever. That's that's always the first thing I think of. But I think especially because in relationships, people always come they can be the most unrest people that you know. Mm-hmm. They love people of all colors, whatever. But in the back of their head, it's like, Oh, this is my child. You know, like so their perception of things is gonna be a lot different. 
same thing with like <clears throat> i'll be able to have like lgbtq partners mm-hmm. it's like their parents are the most excited people they know on the earth but when it's your own kid different pre, pre like pre notions because i just come into mind when it's regards to your kids yeah so it's like having to put them back here in the like forefront of your mind is so stressful and like for example i'm meeting new guys parents in a couple of weeks and it's like not only do i think about that but to a whole other degree because they're living in a different country a country that has no black people and is extremely racist towards black people like i have to keep not only that in mind but also you don't see the same language as me so like i can't even use like my charm my wit and my like articulateness to try and impress them because i don't see the same fucking language as them i'm going to talk like a five-year-old i'm gonna say hola como estas because i don't have to say anything else that's it and then that ask you questions it. be like see si. exactly i met his Wait, mom FaceTime yesterday and i was like hola i had a whole speech plan i was like it's so nice to meet you your house is beautiful i couldn't see you soon all that came out was hola because <laughs> i don't want to mess anything else up you know so like yeah. the language barrier the cultural barrier like i i don't even know what to do i'm so nervous and not even funny mm-hmm. and he's fine he's like oh you'll be fine but i'm like sir you speak both languages like it's okay for you like, I speak enough where I can hold a conversation, but, like, I'm getting my nails off. I'm getting my hair straightened before I go. I'm dressing, like, conservative Barbie. Literally, I'm thinking I'm a punk Republican, the way I dress. It's going to be turtlenecks, pants, gloves, hat. <laughs> gloves. You can't hold me. Toes out. No, no, It's no going to be, out. like, ca- like your whole outfit's going to be cashmere. Yes. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. A podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday. Each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters, the theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. 
the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like, what if, okay, it's like, also, think about this. What if you're dating someone and your parents don't like them? Does that change things for you? I dated this guy once, and he was in musical theater, so already my parents were like, fuck no. And I had, like, before this guy in question, I've, had, I've dated two other guys in musical theater before, and my parents were both, like, okay about them. Uh, he would come over to my house sometimes, obviously, and, like, my dad met him twice, and you would think this guy murdered the dog my dad hated him to the utmost extent because like for several reasons I would drive him home from like rehearsal because he didn't have a car and he didn't have his license because he was like I guess he was unable to afford it basically was what it was but I really liked him at the time so I was like whatever I'll just drive you home um so anyway I'll drive him home and at one time I drove him over to my house and he met my dad and my dad was like get this little punk ass bitch out of my motherfucking house right now because he had like tattoos all over himself and it was just like not something my parents would my parents were looking for any excuse to make me never talk to this guy again so I mentioned I drove him home in my car I had like this Buick and I drove him home he left one day a pack of cigarellos on the floor in the back seat of my car. So my parents were both like, not only was it in the back seat, it's weed cigarettes. So he's out of the house. He's never coming back because they like were so anti-drug. So they were like all freaking out. And it was this huge thing. It was the biggest fight my dad and I have never gotten into because I said some very choice words to him. And it was this whole situation Ooh. to my if dad. I even said the word choice words. And I was like, shut the fuck up. My dad, every time I'd walk into a room for two months straight, this is not an exaggeration. Every time I'd walk into the room, my dad would leave for two months straight. And we finally had a six hour argument, cried, made up, cried, bought, made up, cried again, made up. And then we were finally fine after that. But that was like 
the worst man my parents have ever met to this day it's still like the worst the worst person in the world ever to them i'm dead because my i had a little he's not like when you rub my face obviously makeup comes off of it i had a little handprint on my ceiling and my mom was like what the fuck is that and i was like you know what i was trying my foundation off to cheer and for some reason i had to put my shoe on it so i was holding on i was bracing she was like okay Yeah, because they they think I did shit because I was innocent like my entire life. Yeah, like my mom hates everyone I date pretty much. She called my first boyfriend um, uh, Barney Flintstone because he looked like the vitamin. (laughs) (laughs) She called Barney Flintstone, and then um, my most current ex, my mom physically hates. Like when I say his name, she hangs up the phone. Or like when she came to visit, she's I don't want to see his fucking face. I was like, oh. She did say that word for word. I was there. I I saw her say that. Yeah. So that she actually did. He actually did meet my mom. What made me mad though is that like he didn't meet her on purpose because he helped me move in and he literally said I don't want to do because I don't meet your mom. And I was like, guess most important people in my life, you're meeting my fucking mom. So I had to drag him to lunch with my mom after we moved. He made literally no effort whatsoever to get to know her, impress her at all. And part of my, and like in my head, I was kind of like, this is probably a sign that like I shouldn't be with this guy. But he made no effort whatsoever. And I don't know, for me, that's rubbed me the wrong way. Cause like, how are you gonna wanna be with me? And be with me, I mean, um, have sex with me and make mm-hmm. me buy you food and cook you dinners. So not really be with, but be around. Um, and not wanna like get to know people that are important to me. Like, that's rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I have one more parent story and it's super quick. My, freshman sophomore year of college boyfriend I wanted to meet my mom like really really bad because he was really important to me and I wanted him to meet my family and he was so for it like he was so like oh my god yes like I want to meet the woman who raised you like really excited to meet my mom uh I was like my parents are coming to visit like this weekend do we all want to go grab coffee or like drinks and he was like no and and, like his tune completely changed and to me, my mom, this is like the reason I broke up with him because my mom is like the most important person in my life. And if you don't want to meet my mom, like, sure, we've been dating for like four months. And I, I guess like we could have been dating for longer before he met my family. But he was so for it and like excited for it that I was like, well, you want to meet them so bad? Like, they're coming this weekend. Like, let's go grab coffee. And he was so, so adamant then about not meeting them. And I was like, so you're flaky. You know, like you're all talk. And that was a really big representation of how he was in real life. So the point of me saying that was kind of like the way that he treats your parents or the way he wants to meet them or doesn't want to meet them, I think is a really big indication of number one, how he's going to treat you. And number two, the effort he's going to put into not only the important people in your life, but the important things slash hobbies slash passions in your life. But also how he feels about you in general. Because exactly. if he's not willing to meet someone that important to you or put an effort to you, then he doesn't give a shit about you. Or to see a future with you. Because in his head, okay, guys think in terms of numbers because they're stupid. It's like, like boys love stocks for a reason. Because it gets them excited. I don't really know why. But if they don't see you being worth the investment of the time and energy of getting to know your parents, people close to you, things important to you, they don't see investment in you. Oh my God. Should I be a stockbroker? Yeah, oh, wow. Are you Stanley? a finance broker? Hire me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, what's that one bank? Oh yeah, Goldman Sachs. She's here for you. Goldman Sachs. <laughs> um, that's funny. You were like, oh, it's only four months. Girly bestie. I've been dating this boy from zero months. I'm not even dating yet. I'm going to another fucking country to meet his parents. So that should be fun. But I think he might... Okay, never mind. They I'm not on- say it on the podcast. He listens. Yeah. He's going to listen. He always is. Yeah. 
that's also one thing. Mm, they invest in your passions. But No, say it. Say it. Yeah, because like my ex stopped listening to the podcast. I could tell he didn't give a shit anymore. There's, there's so many things I could tell signs that he stops. He like started losing feelings or respect for me. And now I have them all in my head like a fucking Rolodex. Boom. But um, one of them was not listening to the podcast. But we met each other's moms or FaceTime yesterday. And I felt bad because he was talking to my mom. And my mom, you know, my mom talks too much. She's yip, 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 yapping. And they're talking. I'm looking at his mom and I was like, <laughs> well, I didn't know what else to say. So wait, did his mom meet your mom too? Or yeah. Did they both meet? That's yeah. great. Did they like each other? How'd it go? I mean, they talked for like literally 30 seconds. Oh, okay. And she didn't understand anything my mom was saying. Got it. So maybe. But <laughs> his mom's we'll gorgeous know. though. His mom's gorgeous. I told him that really? and he was like, uh, maybe when she was younger. I was like. He's so honest. He's and I kind scarily of like it. honest. Yeah, but you, now you know he's never going to bullshit you. I always say honest guys, but um, the first who's been honest mean, or they'll be like, you look fat right now. Yeah, he's very honest like in a way that I respect as of now. We'll see. I like dating honest. Like, okay, this is just a general rule for me in life. The only person I will ever let baby me is my mom. Because growing up, my dad was like the hard ass. He would always like, I'd do a performance and get like a standing ovation for like musical theater. And after the show, he'd be like, good job. But like, you kind of lost it on that last note. Like you dropped the ball. I was like, what? That's my dad too. He's like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. He'd always like criticize me and I hated it like in the moment, especially when I was younger because I didn't understand why he did it. But I actually kind of liked it because growing up, obviously, like I realized he was right about almost everything he criticized me on. And then I realized it's not really criticism. It's just like constructive advice. But I took it as criticism because of my fragile ego that was built by my mom. Mom, because she just loves me so much and never wants to like hurt my feelings so it's not like her fault I love that she babies me and she like wants to protect my feelings because she's my mom so she's allowed but in the people in my life right now like friends love interests anybody else I hate when they're ba- I hate being baby oh girlie where's the bottle baby me all the fuck you want because <laughs> me, me and my parents babied me my yeah. siblings, I didn't I was never babied as a child mm. so now I'm like is that why we're friends? Yeah, probably, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to be babied and you want to be babied. So now, that's why we were Like, lie to me, lie to my face, lie to my heart, <laughs> text me lies. But, um, okay, so to close, our yes. advice for meeting the family. Yes. Number one, do not change yourself to, like, a certain degree. Like, mm-hmm. that person obviously loves you for a reason, and that's why they're allowing you, like, that's why, like, they're proposing this new step or this further step be taken with, like, meeting their family. So don't change who you are because you're going to be with that person for a very long time, maybe. And if you have to, like, keep putting on this facade, it's, just, it's not going to work. It's going to get exhausting. Gonna Eventually exhausting. you're going to burn yeah. out. And then, too, just know, like, it is a big step. So, like, if someone does inquire about meeting your family or meeting theirs and you're not ready, make that known. Because once that step happens, like, people are... New people are involved in a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And if your if their parents don't like you or, or your parents don't like them, eh, good luck, Charlie. It's going to be a thing, you it's know? It's going to be like, a thing. It's, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a matter of, like, what your priorities and what your feelings are, you know? Another thing that we forgot to mention in the advice corner is, like, keep time in mind and have this conversation with your partner, especially after, like, the five-month point, if you still haven't met the family. Bring it up. Don't bring it up in, like especially if you feel like you're hesitant about it don't bring it up and like i want to meet your family right now like but bring it up meaning bring up the conversation and be like hey when were you thinking about me meeting your mom and dad or me meeting your mom or your dad or your adult or your you know the important mentor guider in your life guider did i really just say that guide in your life and 
you know, the opposite. So bring up a conversation in a really healthy way, not a really needy way, but make sure you're not waiting, hmm, I don't know, three years to bring up the conversation because it's not healthy. Thank you guys so much for listening. I think that's about it for today. Please go follow our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Crying in Public Podcast. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeart. And we love you so much. We're going to get merch going soon, especially by the end of the summer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you guys again for listening. We love you. Make sure to DM us whether you listen more or you view us more on Instagram or TikTok. Make sure to follow all of those things. Share with your friends if you like us because we love you and it really helps us a lot. Goodbye. Say bye. Yeebie. <laughs> I'll find something new. Wait, do you know how TikTok this like beat? Wait, hold on. It's like Mississippi accent, champa, And then the first one's like bacon, egg, and cheese, and he pronounces it like binu. And then the second one is like bet, and he goes binu. And then the third one, one's like ayo, and he goes eat. And then the fourth one's like the fourth, the fourth one's like oh my, and he goes. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.